Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Bruno and AJ kicking it old school style with you live after the Avs win over the Vegas Golden Knights 3-1 to one in, I guess, technically their second preseason game, their first win in the preseason. Um, it was certainly a preseason game. I will say that. There were, what, 14 penalties in this thing? Yeah, and honestly, watching it, there weren't a whole lot of them where you were like, really, you're calling that? It was a lot of like, yeah, no, that's a penalty. It was a lot of really obvious stuff, man. (laughs) A lot of really obvious stuff. (laughs) So, you know, just the usual caveats at the start. It's preseason. Nothing matters. Don't read too much into anything. These are not NHL rosters, yada, yada, yada. Um. The Avs iced, what, four real NHLers in this game? Yeah, I mean, your highest end forward is, depending on how you feel about it, Evan Rodriguez or JT Confer. Yep. Uh, And your best defenseman is obviously Byram. And then your starting goaltender, Georgiev. Yeah, so I guess five. They had Cogliano, too. So five NHLers. Well, and and LOC. Like, like they played. Okay, okay, you're right. Yeah. So, so like they play, it's I like thought. a lower end preseason lineup here, is what we're saying. Yeah, there's none of <laughs> Evan Rodriguez was the only guy who's going to be in the top six, basically. Uh, anyway. he plays he plays he plays like he did tonight. He won't be there for long. <laughs> First of all, do you want to do a, a sixty second rundown, AJ? Is that a no? Sure. All right. I, yeah, I, I imagine it. you might need like 20 seconds for this one, but yeah. go for it. <laughs> uh, so it's a preseason game between two not NHL-laden lineups. And Vegas scored a power play goal. Colorado scored a couple power play goals and an empty net goal. And all that time that we wanted to see a five-on-five, we didn't really get to see. Nope. There was very, very little five-on-five, unfortunately, which was sad, but... Hey, yeah. at least the Avs power play went two for nine. I was looking at the minutes distribution, and I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, my God, Martin Keld only got seven even strength minutes. And I was like, wait. There were only like 20 Hold on. even strength minutes total. So. JT Comfer has nine even strength minutes. What's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> yep, it, it do be like that. Uh, we can start at the back end here first, just because Georgiev and Jojo did end up splitting the game. They did do the yeah. 30 minutes each thing for Georgiev's 30 minutes. I honestly thought he looked quite good. Um, very, very solid all the way around the one goal he gave up. Maybe could have played it a bit better, but really hard to blame him on. So great play, great play by Nick Wah and a really good shot, man. Yep. That's a really good shot. They, Georgiev basically opens it up so that he can get scored on in one one place pretty reliably. Perfect shot has position. to beat him there, and it did. Yeah, Cotter beat him, and I don't really have any bones about that at all. And I thought he looked really good, really athletic. Um, everything that you like about Georgiev was on display tonight. I I really had no issue with the goal whatsoever. Same. I for a guy. I don't even who... have like I don't have a problem defensively any of that. That's just a nice play, man. Hmm. Curtis McDermott went on a bit of an adventure on a, but... on a power, like on a, yeah, on it, a it's PK, a power play for sure. Like on a PK, somebody's open. You'd love for it to not be the guy two feet from your netminder, but things do happen. Yeah, I, yeah. Especially with it being preseason, 
not gonna yeah. pick too much on something like that. Yeah, and like, dude, the the Avs defense tonight. Uh, this this group like, Clerman, yeah, uh, McDermott was not uh, Keaton Middleton. <laughs> you had the biggins in there, uh, and you could really just see that when any of them got into involved in transition at all, they were all in trouble. Yep. But when they were in their own zone defending, they were still in trouble because none <laughs> of those guys are very good defensively. It it was rough to watch Keaton Middleton skate in this game, man. Well, he certainly got a lot of practice because he chased the puck around his own zone a lot. Yep. It was rough. So... Um, which honestly, okay. like, more credit to Georgiev in that that was the defense playing in front of him, and he still only gave up one. Yeah. Um, JoJo on the second half looked fine. Didn't really get nearly the workload that Georgiev had in the first half of the game. Was not mm-hmm. tested meaningfully, yeah. really, at all. Yep. So, neat. Cool on that front. Uh, yeah, on the Av side, I mean... We'll get into what actually happened in the game here in a sec, but look, to me, Bo Byron was the best player in this hockey game by, like, multiple fathoms of length. Yeah, several magnitudes. Uh, He was... (laughs) He looked ready for the season. Yep. Um, Pretty comfortably the best player on the ice. Defensively, really didn't have any issues. Offensively, did kind of whatever he wanted. That yeah. move he put on Kolasar with the uh, extra Oof. attacker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, man. Is it going to be like that in a preseason game? You're going to do this to a fool? All right. Like, I mean, he, yeah, I think he, we need to, we need to gear up. Kolasar, uh, just saying. I, I, I said uh, recently that I, the way that people talk about more at Cider today is how they'll be talking about Bull environment a year from now. Yeah. Uh, it's really easy. Uh, preseason, uh, preseason takeaways are often an exercise in confirmation bias. For sure. However you felt going in is how you're going to feel about a guy. Uh, yeah, this is not the Broncos chat. That is true. <laughs> the title of the stream does say DNVR abs post game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we really weren't trying to be sneaky on that one. Uh, anyway, the uh, Byron, he, he looked great. I thought that a couple of the abs other NHL or borderline NHL guys really looked good too. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a number of, of positives to take out of this one, and, and we'll get into the forwards in just a second here. However, there is one. Is that Rex? It is, yeah. Oh. Victory puppy in the background. He's so calm. It's late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one conversation I kind of wanted to get into here with it being preseason. You saw the hit put on Evan Rodriguez by Hayes. Along the boards. He, he was okay at the end suspended. of the game. You think so? Dude, it's the same hit that Landis Scott got suspended for. I, I First of all, I agree. But I, I wanted to widen this conversation. Because you also saw Curtis McDermott try to line someone up in this game. He missed 
but there was an attempt there. There were a couple other opportunities for guys that tried and, and didn't quite connect, but tried to lay some big hits. And I understand that the preseason is time where there are some people that are trying to earn jobs and this and that and the other thing. But it seems like a terrible idea to start trying to injure people before the season even gets going for your product. If, if you're asking me, I think suspension should be even harsher in the preseason because what are you doing? Why? There's no reason for it. Yeah. So I just want to bring that up. I thought it was weird. I don't think it's necessary at all to be. So don't doing suspend stuff guys like from that. preseason games. Yeah, suspend them from regular season games. Yeah. Right. Make it hurt. It's completely pointless to suspend a guy for a preseason game. <laughs> They are probably happy to have the time off. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just thought it's a it's a suspendable hit. Um, I really, it, to me, I thought it was a major. I just thought it was very, very obviously. That dude was trying to time him up the whole way. He's yeah, waiting he, for the puck to get there so he could crush right. him. And, and the dude had his back. He, Evan, <laughs> yeah, it, it, he has numbers the entire way. Rodriguez's body is facing the boards the whole time. Yep. And he loses his balance and kind of goes down to a knee the same way that Doc did last year. Uh, I just don't know what, what are we talking about here? This was a, this was a suspendable hit last season. I'd suspend him. I mean, I don't think it's like, I'm not, this, it's not my main takeaway from the game or anything. I just would no, because same, but like, those are the hits where you're, you're for me, like, and we've talked about this uh, a bunch on the show. You have to be harsher with that stuff. Yep. If you don't want guys hitting guys like that and risking that injury. I mean, the Avs lose Evan Rodriguez before the season even starts. And now, luckily, he came back. Yeah, it he, was he fine. Left the ice immediate, left the ice immediately and came right back. Um, and that's a good break for the Avs. But if the Avs lose that guy for any meaning any, any meaningful amount of time because some some scrub that nobody's ever heard of is lining him up for a clearly illegal play in the preseason like well they, it's not it's not just the team Evan Rodriguez on a one year deal and is a UFA at the end of the year if he misses a yeah. significant amount of time that's costing him probably millions of dollars yeah it could be hugely hugely problematic for his future so you know you just you you just you don't love that you don't love that part of it. I don't love that McDermott absolutely tried to kill a guy. Uh it just whiffed on it. But you know, I'm a new school hockey guy that doesn't like players getting hurt all the time, so Yep. Same. You know. Anyway. Not not a main gripe that I have with that hockey game or a main takeaway or anything, but it is not, but Still something that did happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, uh, I, would, I would suspend that guy and whatever. So move on. Run, running through it loosely chronologically here, Vegas, the only team to score in the first two periods. Uh, game was, again, kind of weird. Not a ton of five-on-five five time. But of what little we got, it did feel fairly avalanche controlled uh outside of like one or two really extended vegas shifts with certain guys out there because it seemed like it was the same couple of guys that got caught out for 
yeah. three or four different times in those first two periods. But outside of that, it did feel like the abs were just fine. Um, their team speed, the, considering this isn't even their NHL roster, yep. boy, their team speed really did stand out again. Uh, I think uh, Oscar Olsson, really, his speed really jumped it, off the ice. Pop. Yep. Uh, Jean-Luc Foodie skating. <laughs> he he's always he always puts on a, a skating clinic when he's out there. And and Foodie, what's so great about Foodie is it's not just speed. It's everything. It's his balance. It's the edge work. It's the stop, start, acceleration, all of it. Uh, he really is just a joy to watch just move around the ice. Um I I liked I liked Colorado Comfer, Cogliano, those guys, LOC, all the all those guys look like they were ready to go. Rodriguez, I mean, we're talking about Evan Rodriguez. His speed fit in perfectly. That was one of the that was probably the thing that I loved the most about his game was he was just motoring up and down the ice, man. He looked it was that aspect of it looked great. The rest of the his first, game big work in progress. In the first like eight minutes, you had Two two-on-one rushes created by the Av Speed. One was Cogliano and Zaravlyov, who Cogliano threw the pass behind. And then the other was Erod and Alausen, who yeah. Erod threw the pass behind him. Yeah. So oh, way behind him. Yeah, it was like three feet behind. Yeah, him. it was. Olsen was like, bro, <laughs> was that tipped? I that better have been tipped. It was not. It was not. <laughs> so it. And you kind of saw that through the first two periods too. This was Sloppy a down. lot of a lot of lines that it's not just oh they haven't played games together before. These guys weren't on lines together through all of training camp. It either. was it was interesting the way that three days of camp everything was put together in a specific way, <laughs> specific manner. The second that they got into the game, everything was chaos. <laughs> like yeah. guys are all over the place. You know the the we really liked the way that some of the lines were were humming along in training camp. All of them were split up. Half those guys were in Minnesota yep. uh, for the earlier game. Half those guys were here tonight. It was just like, I like, seems, seems kind of, kind of weird to put it together like that, but yeah. And interesting, interesting to see Cronin on the bench in Denver and Bednar on the bench in Minnesota. Yeah. I thought that was mighty interesting. So, <laughs> Some things Bednar might have wanted to get a look at out there. Yeah, but, I'm assuming his name was Alex Galchenyuk. I mean, I I think both the Alexes out there. Yeah, and of course we have no thoughts on that because we didn't get to see that we game. Didn't see any of it. <laughs> the Abs lost that one three two in overtime. Uh, neat. Yeah. It was pretty funny to listen to the Minnesota radio broadcast talk about the Abs in overtime. <laughs> They're like. <laughs> can't believe with the talent that they have they're under 500 and we're like yeah welcome to the last five years of us saying the same thing <laughs> what's up buddy <laughs> been here for a minute yeah <laughs> and and on the other side a third of minnesota's wins in the last few years have, have come in three v three yeah so whatever um <clears throat> now about the game game tonight though you know i really the speed i think the team speed is something that really stood out to me uh, the rust, obviously, I mean, first preseason game for these guys, like, you know, training camp and all that. It's just, it's never the same as when you get into an actual game. It just yeah. never is. Yeah. So. Yeah. And look, it's, there's a reason that you hold your tongue <sighs> in training camp. 
and you hold your tongue to a certain extent in preseason, but preseason games happen and then cuts start getting made. Now, yeah, probably won't be any cuts until after Tuesday's game, I would think. But uh, I mean, so they've got uh, the F schedule is weird. They have tomorrow off. Yeah. And they have a game Tuesday and a game Wednesday. Yeah. So my cuts might not come till Thursday. Like, and then yeah. they have, I think, five days off before their next preseason game. Yeah. So. They're they may not to be honest with you, they make they may make very few cuts and just have a an a, an extended camp because they have so many that roster up to yeah, next and week, then yeah. and then they can guy they can cut guys on like Sunday. Yeah. You know, so maybe even their, Monday before the game and play their last two preseason games. Yeah, with, with the go. majority yeah. of their NHL lineup. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they they there may not be meaningful cuts for coming for a little while here. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say that, uh, I, I guess a couple of the guys that we really need to get into here it, are, it, 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 we'll get into them, but we are your, brought to you by thing. Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, what if you saw I us take over and run the show. <laughs> Look, if you want to do the ad reads, bud, nope. <laughs> if you saw us with the Stanley cup out at the Breck Brew farmhouse the other day, that is the same location where they're holding the hoot nanny October 8th and 9th. It's a big party to celebrate Breckenridge's 32nd birthday as a brewery. You got to go check it out. They have the Spin Doctors up there, a bunch of local bands too. It's going to be a super awesome party where you can drink a bunch of Breck Brew, have a great time, experience some great bands, and just vibe. So check them out. Go to breckbrew.com for more information there. And for real, the farmhouse is great. If you've never been there, it's a super awesome little place to get uh, to get a beer. Also brought to you by Athletic Greens. You can go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche today to get yours. It's just one scoop in your cup of water every morning. It helps in a ton of ways. It's got a bunch of different vitamins and minerals, antibiotics, adaptogens, not antibiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, uh, all sorts of good stuff for your body. It gets your immune, immune system going. It helps with workout routines. It's just generally healthy for you. Uh, so be sure to get it today. Again, athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. When you order it now, you can get a year's supply of vitamin D with it. Take control of your health, especially with the flu season coming up. Athletic Greens can help you out with that. All right. So the guys we have to talk about. Where do you want to start with the NHL guys? Do you want to start with the guys in the bubble? Where where are you thinking, AJ? We can start in the NHL just because I don't think there's much to say there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cogliano looked like it was preseason. Uh again, eighty two yeah. game free pass for me. I don't care what yeah. Andrew Cogliano does. I don't think I don't think he looks any good. I I think he looks absolutely awful (laughs) and putting him on the power play really only drove that home. But I don't care. He's the veteran guy who's here to show up in the playoffs and do things. (laughs) That is literally his role. Yeah, don't care. They could literally Uh, not play him for the first two months just and just say old guy reasons. And I'd be like, cool. (laughs) Understandable. (laughs) Doesn't need to play before January. (laughs) Understandable. <laughs> Darren Helm, Andrew Cogliano, don't need either one of them to play before January. Don't give a fuck. Not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, obviously, JT Confer had the goal, which was kind of dope. Dude, I tweeted it out. I'm excited to see what JT Confer, contract year JT Confer becomes. I'm, I'm just curious. Um, that was a sick shot. <laughs> that's, I mean, really, that's a yeah. that's a great shot, man. Yeah. It, it's a great shot. 
There's no, there's no like caveat there. There's no taking it away. There's no anything. Patera went down a little bit early and opened it up, and that's a sick shot. Yeah, it, it, you give him an inch, and he took it and converted yeah. it. Basically, yes. that's all there is to it. That's awesome, and that's that's the thing with JT is that he's capable of shooting like that. Uh, th- there's a reason the guy scores like 16 goals a year. Yeah, it. He's an NHLer. He's a he's a <laughs> he's a solid shooter. You know, rest of his game is kind of a work in progress, and he his quality play waxes and wanes like cycles of the friggin' moon. But yep. like when he's on, man, he's capable of stuff like that. Look, it's a great shot. No doubt. And I thought it. he was he was all over the ice, all over the you know just you know there were some moments where I kind of chuckled and I was like, ah, JT Gaffer, baby. But involved in a lot of scoring chances, involved, you know, putting, uh, you know, putting the work in, getting up and down. Like, I really, JT Confer, outside of Poe Environment, I think JT Confer was their best bona fide NHLer. Yep. You know, uh, Logan O'Connor, I thought, looked really good, too. Just looking like Logan O'Connor. It's, buzzing around like a madman. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I mentioned, I mentioned Rodriguez. There were some, there were some. Uh, tonight was a good night of like what you can expect from Evan the Rodriguez. Erod experience, yeah, yeah, because the speed and and the tenacity and the the hard work, the try hard, the the effort level, all that, you're gonna like that stuff on a consistent basis. You're that's gonna jump out, and you're gonna be like, I like that. The execution, it, it's not always a gonna be there. All over the place, yeah. Well, and, and we, and I mean, we saw it through, through multiple camp. days of training yeah, camp it, it where. Was, on fire, and then he would take a step back the next day, and and look like there's a there's a reason he his high is forty points and not sixty. You know, like it's, it's just and, how it goes for those guys. And you saw both sides of it too, right? We already mentioned the the pass to Olausen that he just totally botched. Later on, he gets another break like that and threads a needle through to Confer that Confer yeah. just kind of whiffs on for to to miss on a goal. So yeah, on a bang bang play right at the uh, corner of the post there. It was great. It was great feed. I mean, you could just see it. All, all the stuff that you like. Evan Rodriguez, you know, winding up as the trigger man on the power play, and probably not something we're going to see in Colorado. But a yes. willingness to do it. I mean, I like. I like the aggression. I like that he was just like, "Look, I'm, I'm here to be me, baby, and we're going bombs away." And for a guy who there are serious questions about his shooting percentage, right? Look, he rang one off the post tonight. He had a couple of good shots that he put on net. It's not like it was terrible. Yeah. So good to see, you know, obviously there's room to improve, but I think certainly based on the quality of competition, he picked up an assist tonight. Hard to ask for it for a ton more out of Erod there. Um, And thankfully was able to be healthy through whatever that hit was. So, yeah. Yeah. So the NHL guys, I've really no, no real complaints there. I mean, yep. Um, I walked out of it feeling good about Alexander Georgiev too. Yeah. Same. It wasn't, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to overlook it because best scoring chances that Vegas had was the first half of the game and Georgiev stood tall. He was very good. Yeah. I, nothing but good feels about the NHL guys. Uh, I think there's some pretty good feelings about some of the, the minor leaguers and bubble top, bubble guys as well, but you're going to be a little more all over the place here. So 
I'll let you take whoever's burning on your mind, AJ. I want I want Cout. All right. Because uh, the first penalty can't happen. Yeah. The second penalty, I think, is a little bullshit. <laughs> like, to me, that was one of the very few penalty calls where I was like, come on, bro. Yeah, I really because I the infraction itself, I don't really have a big problem with it. I really don't. Yep. Um, you look at that one compared to his first one, which is yeah. like you you got him on the hands. Well, yeah, like, you got him on the hands. You wrapped him up. It's on the wall. It's in the offensive yeah. zone. It's a no danger situation. You're like, right. what are you doing? Yep. Just, you like the aggression. What I liked is that he was hard on pucks. Sure. Yeah, that yeah. He he played he played with a, a little you, bit of an anger. That can take be missing from his game. The two penalties, and I thought his game was quite good. Yeah. Yeah. But and, and the two penalties will be a thing that you talk about. Again, the second penalty does not bother me. The first penalty is the one that you say it can't happen. Yeah. Uh, what does this mean in the larger picture? I just point to last year and say Sampo Ranta had a four penalty game. <laughs> and I don't even remember if it was the fifth or sixth preseason game, but it was right at the end of the preseason. He had a four penalty game. And got a 10-game trial to kind of do whatever last year. Yep. Which really reinforced how weird that 10 games, that 10 game stretch really was. That he was just it was it was a weird thing. It was 10 just games. free to flounder, yep. man. It was so weird. I I do think you bring up a good point, and it could be certainly an indication that the Avs don't really care about about or, the preseason penalties or that the abs are looking at it and they're saying, uh, you know, right. They, they're, one of they're those, giving one of up the penalties. positive of the aggression more yeah. than the actual penalties themselves. Right. Sure. Yeah, for sure, man. And especially the second one where you can look at it and just be like, come on, it's probably yeah. not even getting called. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it, they, on a night where there were 14 penalties, even <laughs> yeah. if most of them were legit, hey, come on. That poor 94 for Vegas just couldn't get near an app without fucking tripping him. Dude's just magnetized to step Dude, on his stick, man. It was it was like when we were we were when we would play NHL back in the day, and I just <laughs> couldn't resist go to hitting that X that, button. Just <laughs> whack, whack, whack. And a guy would go down and you're just like, God fuck. I knew this was gonna happen. I did it anyway. I'm such a baddie, man. <laughs> so but yeah, no, that with Cout, I I like this game. I really, I thought it was, I thought it was aggressive. I thought it was, I can understand where if they do say, look, those penalties are unacceptable and that holds him back because that's bad. It's bad. Yep. You can't yep. put your team in that situation, man. So I would get it, but I would also get it if they said, yeah, yeah. But we like the rest of that game because I I did. Hard, put I like body in there. Yeah, he he was moving in a way that you don't normally see. He was nowhere near as quiet as what we've become accustomed to seeing in his brief NHL stints where it, you're like, sure didn't notice him much. I noticed Martin Cout all the time tonight. It feels, you know, assuming you can keep it up, it feels a little bit like when Newhook came back last year after his 10 games down. And he showed back up in the NHL, and all of a sudden it was just like hair on fire all the yeah. time. Oh, I belong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it It definitely wasn't that level. Sure. But it, it was, it, it really, like, 
it was more for me it was more positive than negative where the negative was just like the penalty yeah and the positive was all the other you know hard work generated a couple of decent opportunities yeah yeah Uh, uh was aggressive with the puck was not just so deferential was happy to shoot you know a couple of times which in the past one of the things that you didn't like about his game is that he didn't have any aggression with the puck. He would he would defer too easily. He would drop it off and say, "Okay, that guy can go make a play," and you know whatever. Uh, and and in this game, and really honestly, in training camp, we've we've seen a little bit more of a selfish side of him, which I think was necessary. Yep. I, it, it, selfish is like the most taboo word in the in 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 the hockey spectrum, but it's like I I think this was a good selfish from Martin Kaut where. Mm. You wanted to see him drive, drive play a little bit more that's, on his own, that's and that's the correct word. Yeah, that's that's where I thought I, I thought he had a step forward there. I in, liked I liked some of that, and in, um, I will yeah. say disappointed he was not out on the ice at the end of the game to try and protect the one. Close it out. Yeah, I kept waiting. I was like, come on, man, you're not gonna you're not gonna put Oscar Olsson in this yeah. situation. This is Martin Kaut's bread and butter. Like, like, well, like Oscar, Oscar Olsson, like, what are we doing wasting this look with this kid? It's no yeah. offense to him, but even, even if that guy That's makes the game. NHL, not his game. Yeah. He's not, he's not doing that for you. See if Martin Kaut, see how he handles that situation. So some of the, some of the game management, I didn't like as much from Cronin, uh, but that's, you know, it's really easy, uh, really easy for me to, 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 to nitpick there. Yeah. And yes, he was at the end, game, but I was over. He means when it was two one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm saying, and I'm saying like the last like two and a half minutes before the empty net goal. Yep. Um, I wanted to see, I wanted to see count in that situation. We just didn't, we didn't get to see much of him. It's... So it was a bummer. Continue. But again, like that's a, that's, like that's a problem I have with Cronin, right. not Cout, obviously. Cout can only play the minutes he plays. <laughs> but I would have just liked to have seen a little bit more of a not don't hold the damn penalty against him and just see what he does. Yep. So anyway, um, but I yeah I, I like this game. Uh, I'll get I'll give you the floor. Uh, I just love what you said about driving play. Look, we live in a world every single avalanche walks. What does Jared Bednar say? Now oh, we had too many passengers tonight. Yeah you got to find a way to not be a passenger. And that requires a level of selfishness, if you want to yep. call it that. Um, moving on through the rest of these guys. We'll call it singular focus. <laughs> there you go. Realistically, uh, the only other real bubble guy is Maltsev and yep. maybe Olausen if you're really stretching. <laughs> I would not call Olausen a, a bubble guy personally, but... I wouldn't uh, either if we're being honest with ourselves. But. I I liked aspects of his game. Again, too soft along the wall. Not not strong enough on the puck. Um, well, look, if Olausen's going to play the way he did tonight, his shots need to hit the net. Yeah. He can't play soft. Uh, especially the one, the one in the third good period. Opportunities. Yeah. He missed one from the center of the ice in the third period that should have been... Should have been a goal. Yep. And he just so. airmailed it. The one-timers on the power play, look, the one-timers, you just, you know how one-timers go, man. Like, yep. you're closing your eyes and you're just, just smacking that thing as hard as you can and just hoping that it goes well. 
Like had a nice little backhand early in the first period. Had some good moments, but yeah, it's it, as much as people are hyped on him. I think it's pretty clear he's not really ready for the NHL yet. Yeah. And I, I I think it was a good showcase again, uh, kind of like with Rodriguez, kind of a showcase of where he is as a player and what to expect from him right now. Uh, the size and the speed, the speed especially stood out. The hands, the shot, the, you know, when he, because he gets a hold of a puck, you know, he might, he might miss yeah. it by an inch. He might miss it by a foot. He might pick a corner with it. You know, he's, he's a little all over it, but. Uh, we've seen him. We've seen him do it enough times that you're like, look, we know, we know that he's got this in the bag. Uh, but but it's a lot of the uh, off puck stuff that I want to see continue to develop. And there were moments tonight that I liked. It wasn't like it was all bad. Uh, certainly not like that. But I did. I did. I did feel the way that I. I think the way that I usually feel when I watch him play, where I'm like, yeah, you're very intriguing kid. You're just not there yet. Yep. Uh, the other one been in Maltsev played a, quite a bit tonight. Got a decent amount of PK time as well. Yep. AJ, I know you've you've been on the Maltsev opportunity train for a while. You still feeling it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought I well, and this is kind of what I was talking about with Cal, where they put Maltsev in a more trusted role. Yeah, they, uh, they put him in defense. He was out situation. there for Bo's goal. Yeah, he was the only other guy on. So the PK unit saw big minutes from LOC Cogliano, JT Comfort, three guys who are going to be on the Avs PK, yeah. and the fourth guy that they really leaned on in that situation was Mikhail Maltov. Yep, and I thought that I thought that he really did well for himself. I thought he was good with the puck. Almost scored a goal in the third period. Um, I'm I'm quite. I'm quite pleased with with what did. What? Chuffed? Would you say you're chuffed about it? Yes. <laughs> you never heard that phrase before? No. Really? Yeah. That's a, it's like British thing where like something good happens and you you're chuffed about it. British people acknowledge good things happening? Yeah, crazy, right? That's also the first time I've ever heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, AJ. You gotta learn more about Britain. Uh why? We're only gonna be there for three hours. <laughs> That's uh three more hours than you've ever been there, so it's true. I have never been to Europe. Me either. Actually. I'm yeah. Do I have to get do, do I have to get different chargers for my phone? Yeah, I we're gonna have to buy like plug swaps, right? Like yeah, I, I don't know. know. It's going to be weird. Anyway, I don't know if we're going to Europe yeah, or not. It's not even, it might, we might not even go. So, uh, anyway. So, on the forward side, just to kind of be complete about things, Alex Bocage did end up getting the abs on the board, scored their first goal on the power play in the first minute of the third period. Uh, obviously, not really a guy that's close to an NHL spot, but good to see him doing his thing. Uh, Beyond that, I don't think there was really a ton I like of Bokaj, man. I continue to, you know, the one thing that I want to say about Bokaj is that I really do think the skating has taken a step forward. Uh, I don't think he's, like, he's not to, like, an avalanche standard uh, because they have invested so much into high-end skating. Yeah, yeah. But I really, I, 
kind of liked it tonight. I I continue <sighs> to watch Bocage and think he might have a long he might have a, a longer runway than than we always think because we're always like within two pro years you pretty much know what a guy I is going to be. Didn't like Bocage as much as you did. I really liked him on the power play. I love him uh, as a turret, but I I like. I like. I, I just want to say I like his skating more than I. Sure. His game needs work. He needs, yeah. he needs a lot of work, but he he remains he remains interesting to me. So, Cal Burke too. I really Burke is a guy that man. He just maximizes everything that he's got. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it, look, the reality of those guys is they're going to be playing for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, and so look good. Great. But actual avalanche impact this year, probably not going to be a ton. Um, all right. We are brought to you by the American Raptors. You can go down to the Infinity Park in Glendale today and check it out. Honestly, even if the Raptors aren't playing, it's just a dope place to go. Have a great night out. They got things like an arcade. They had all sorts of sporting events going on down there. Uh, you can go to the AmericanRaptors.com if you want to get tickets to their rugby games. Completely free. So you can go down there for literally nothing and go check them out. Uh, they're a cool little experiment where they've taken players from the top end of other sports and converted them to rugby to see how well they can do and compete at that level. And look, they're getting some of the best rugby in the world down there. The men's and women's 15 teams both practice there. So it's pretty darn decent rugby if you know what you're looking at. If you don't know what you're looking at, our rugby guy, Colton Strickler, you can follow at DNVR Rugby, has 101 ponds to teach you everything about the sport. So you can get into it and enjoy yourself some Raptors games. Also brought to you by, last and certainly not least, Avaca TV. If you wanted to watch the abs today, you could have done it with Avaca TV. They have altitude. They have AT&T Sportsnet for the Rockies. They have national channels for the Broncos. They have NFL Red Zone. If you're a casual football fan like me and don't want to watch the extremely slow up and down the field of nothing happening, especially the way the Broncos have been playing so far this season, uh, they have whatever Man. you want. <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing about it already. <laughs> it's a new head coach with a new quarterback. What the fuck did people expect? I understand better than this. More than one touchdown a game. <laughs> I understand better than this and fair enough. But my goodness, especially with the way that the NFL treats the preseason now, where those guys don't play at all. Yep. Like, the first four to six weeks of the NFL season have become glorified preseason. Figure it out time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody trying to draw strong conclusions. Oh, the AFC West is brutally overrated. And you're like, yeah. Keep thinking that you know what you're talking about three weeks into the season. Nothing ever changes by the end of the year. Good call, guy. It's It'd be like, it'd be like if we looked at the standings at the end of October every year and we're like, I know how this season is going to play out. Well, a lot of people do that. Yeah, and a lot of people are fucking stupid for doing that. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you get back to it. <laughs> Just go over to avaca.tv slash Colorado 10. It's evoca.tv slash Colorado 10 
to get your TV today for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months and only 25 bucks a month after that. So it's a much better deal than some of your other options out there. Check out Avaca today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The two interesting defensemen in this game, you have Jacob McDonald and you have Danilo Zaravilov. So you thought Jacob McDonald was interesting? Is that a shocker? I just thought I actually almost tweeted during the game. We are living in a world of what feels like constant chaos. And at the center of that chaos is a true chaotic king <laughs> okay. yeah. in Jacob McDonald yeah. and his consistency as a chaotic king is one of the few things that I can actually rest my laurels on when I lay my head down to rest on my pillow every night. I can say, <laughs> feet are ugly. I don't get it. Beards are cool. And Jacob McDonald is a chaos king. Those are things that I can take to the bank being true every day of my life. Always an entertaining watch. Always. If you don't enjoy watching Jacob McDonald play hockey, you're probably Jacques Martin or Rick Bonus or one of these guys that wants to win one nothing every night. It, I'll make a new D&D campaign where the god of chaos is just Jacob McDonald. I, I guess I'll just call him J-Con and we'll be good. Yes. I, he is <laughs> He is a wonderful chaos machine. <laughs> It makes no sense to me. My my analytical hockey brain just sees X's and O's happening across the ice, and this is how, and then there's just Jaycon doing his thing. What the fuck ever, man? He's fun. He's effective. It's weirdly effective. Yep. All the time. All the time. I'm all about it. I would play him. 10 times out of 10 over Curtis McDermott as a defenseman, as a forward, 10 times out of 10, give me Curtis McDermott. Sure. Two very different situations there. But but the guys who are splitting the forward defenseman hybrid role, they each do it, and they just, couldn't be more they're different. They're polar opposites. They're literally polar they opposites. Couldn't be more different. No, I <laughs> Jacob McDonald, and that's why I was like, ah, Jacob McDonald is just a – just a normal game for him. <laughs> Little master of chaos gets an assist, contributes in all facets of the game. I didn't even bother looking at analytics because it's a preseason game. And are you for real? But I'd be willing to bet just because he's Jacob McDonald, they were probably pretty good. I can tell you. Actually, I have it pulled up. Let's see. At I mean, it's weird, right? Because there was no five on five game time. Oh, yeah, game. true. Uh, he was slightly under 500 at five on five. Oh, okay. Uh, if you include all situations, he was 61 percent, 23 and 11. Yeah, well, I mean, six minutes of power play time and 57 seconds of shorthanded time, he better be on the right <laughs> side of that. Yep, at 27 17, actually. I was looking at Fenwick, my bad, anyway. Yeah, anyway, whatever. He's a – Jacob McDonald is who Jacob McDonald is. Just continues to be a wild man. Yep. And it's great. Love it. All about it. Yep. 
Good time. I the will other... say the other name on that list, Daniela yeah. Zhiravalov. I like him a lot, He's, man. It, in in many ways, he is the polar opposite of, of Jacob McDonald. Both of them good skaters, but Zhiravalov is just steady, 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 steady. <laughs> what is the opposite of... Of chaos. <laughs> of chaos king. King chaos, if you will. <laughs> what is what is the opposite? King chaos and surf steady. <laughs> uh, chaos, calmness. Yeah. Tranquility. Sir sleepy. Sleepy. <laughs> Not sure. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, like boring. Yep. And so this not is exciting, what, but this is this is I, I have to admit here that this is where over the last couple of years, this is where I have developed a major stylistic bias. Um I like I like guys like this. I like guys that are fucking boring. On defense especially, where not a lot happens. I like I like guys who are steady with the puck. They make simple decisions. They're not overly physical. They don't chase the play. They're not really big. They don't have any kind of standout abilities or tools about them. They just play smart, efficient hockey. Very boring. Before he transcended. And bland. Right. Well, Devon Taves, before he started making all the right decisions (laughs) at the highest speed possible. And then somehow also being like, oh, by the way, I also score 10 goals a year in the NHL. Go, 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 go. <laughs> like, I, Devon Taves' development curve makes no sense. He is an animal <laughs> unto himself, which is why he is top human and everybody else chases. But with, with Zhiravalov, like, again, I admit this is where I have developed a stylistic bias. But I like what I see out of a guy... I don't see him getting beat wide. I don't see the physical tools costing him problems. I don't see decision-making putting him in negative situations. Clerman, Middleton, McDermott, every single one of those guys has a physical limitation that consistently causes them problems. Now, they make up for it in other ways. I think Nate Clerman's a really good end-zone defender. I think, think, like, in his own zone, he understands... He's really physical. That guy must be strong as hell, too, because he's not super duper big or anything. He doesn't he doesn't look very he doesn't like stand out physically like he's got decent size. But you watch that dude just devour guys in board battles. He just overwhelms guys physically. And I'm like, are you just like weirdly strong for your size? He's the best defender ever until he touches the hockey puck. Well, and and with the puck, terrible, terrible. Yep. Not even like passable. I think he's terrible. Uh, Keaton Middleton, same thing. Curtis McDermott, same thing. I think all these guys are terrible, terrible with the puck. But they are big and physical and mean. And like, there's a place for those guys, especially in the AHL. Those are guys that are just fine in that league. Um, you know, obviously McDermott's in the NHL with the Avs and you know, averages seven minutes of ice time. But a guy like Zhiravalov is, I, I, I am intrigued. You know, he, it's not there yet. Don't get, don't get this twisted in that. I'm, I'm trying to make an argument for him to make the team or anything. I think a year, especially adjusting to 
the smaller corners yeah. in North America is going to be a big time adjustment yeah. for him because he, that's where guys get swallowed up and you have to make lightning fast decisions that change outcomes of games. And if he can do that and he can make that transition and that adjustment to that speed and he can do it well, I think that they might have a bottom pairing guy here, maybe a number seven, a rotational guy. If he can't, then he probably is topped out here in the HL already. He reminds me a lot. And I mean this in a good way. Don't take this the wrong way. The good parts of Anton Lindholm's game. He reminds me a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say uh, one of the things that you liked about Lindholm was that he was as physical as he was. But that was also his biggest problem because he was always getting himself hurt. Yep. His shoulder was always hurt because yep. he was five foot ten and thought and and played like he was six foot two. He just could not make up for that and. Anyway, um, I get it. I get what you're saying. Very like smart, efficient yep. defense defenseman. Nothing complicated. Well, without without one, he's bigger than yep. Lindholm, and two, he does not have uh, the same proclivity for. He's not as aggressive. Getting beat up sure. in the corner yeah. by bigger men. He definitely, but he does understand how to use his stick effectively too. Yeah, for the record. Um, yeah, Dravilov uh, is a guy that I think has earned. I I would give him probably two more preseason games. Oh yeah, uh, and and I think that going down into the AHL, I I mean, just this is obviously me and how I've already decided to write off guys like Middleton, but I would have him in a top four role to start I the mean, year. If if you believe in Zaravilov is a genuine prospect for this hockey team, there should be no one in his way at the AHL level. Yeah, you know, I will I will say I've really liked what I've seen out of Wide A Mott. Sure, uh, early on. So I think that's another guy. That's another guy I'm going to keep my eye on there. Um, but but you're right in that there's Connor Timmons, Drew Hellison, Justin Barron. All those guys are out of the org. Yep. This is a, this is a this is a open freeway for defensemen to step into uh, to to step into at least making a name for yourself at the AHL level. Obviously, the NHL group is blocked for the time being. Uh, pretty pretty full up. But one injury, and it should be a conversation immediately. In way overthinking things, Brad Hunt in the other game, his Corsi numbers were 9-4-25 against. Yeah, and I mean, again, that's one where you do look at the lineup and you say he's probably going, he's probably getting the top matchup going against Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, I would assume so. Uh, And that's a bad day for him. I tell you what, uh, if the Avs are in the position where they have to play Brad Hunt against Kirill Kaprizov head-to-head on a consistent basis, I do expect that to go Minnesota's way. But uh, looking more at the AHL level there, your top four is – you. the top four you would like to see is probably Hunt and Jacobs and then Zoravyov and Amat. Uh, I mean, where's McDonald? Is he on the app? I, I had McDonald there? penciled as the eighth. Yeah. Okay. If McDonald's in Colorado or in Denver, then I'm with you. But otherwise, yeah, he should be top four in Loveland. Oh, yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that top four, man. I would like to see Josh Jacobs in a game because I liked him at camp. I, I just thought he was intriguing tools wise in, uh, in camp. And I would just like to see actually see him play a game. Yep. I'm sure we but, will if he doesn't get cut. Anyway, I mean, pfft can have 
all kinds of video platform access this year. We can watch all we can watch all of his eagle shifts if we want to. True. Once we once we get there, <laughs> just start the season already. I'm already I'm I'm done with preseason already. I'm oh I'm so over preseason, man. <laughs> I am so over it. Uh, the other you know prospect not pushing the NHL played in this game, John Luke Foodie. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, his skating is is always a joy. Uh, it did feel very, very perimeter in the offensive zone. Um, you know, didn't didn't focus on him too much just because I don't think these games are really all that relevant for him. Yeah, but yeah, but it's still an opportunity. And yep, you know, eh. I mean, when you're in that type of situation, these opportunities are to make yourself stand out in some way. And I don't think he really did that. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Okay. Yeah, uh, Byram ended up getting the empty netter. Byram's dope. We already covered that. Yeah. And that's your 3-1 final, basically. Yeah. Any any other final thoughts you wanted to add, AJ? No, man, I... uh... I'll be curious to see what interviews come out of this because we're not. I'm not following uh, Jesse or Megan, uh, who are at the rink tonight. Yep. Um, I haven't. I haven't checked in with any of Twitter or anything since we've been on the show. Yeah, me either. Actually, trying to pay attention for once to what's going on around here. Slacker. Well, uh, anyway, so, yeah. yeah the, check DDNVR either late tonight or. In the morning when you get up, I'm sure they'll have some written pieces there. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have uh, some interviews. No, we're not doing player grades for the preseason. Uh, I hope you guys can forgive us for that. We just decided. Yeah. I mean, on. how do you want us to grade games like this? <laughs> yeah, like you really want to know what Ben Tardif's player grade was? Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. So um, we'll have we'll have player grades are going to be a little different this year anyway. So. Yep, should be exciting. Uh, yeah, but. Check uh, DDNVR for the written stuff. I'll have a video breaking down the few highlights that there were. If you want to check that out. Uh, either way, we're going to get out of yep. here for the no, night. Uh, no show from us tomorrow because yep. we're doing this one today. Yep. So important scheduling note. And then post-game pods after the games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and then normal we'll afternoon Thursday shows game. for Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, The Wednesday game is getting televised, right? We're sure of that. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't remember. I know the Tuesday game is for sure, but anyway, we'll sort that out. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll be back Tuesday, so we hope to see you then. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us at eleven fifteen on a Sunday in the middle of preseason. Uh, so hope y'all enjoyed, and we will talk to you on the next one.